episode 237 and um i mean i've been waiting for seven minutes now for craig to get off the phone he's on the phone i'm watching him pace around uh on the monitor here uh i wish everybody could see this and then uh geo's supposed to join us but i'm waiting on him too i actually wonder if the two of them are on the phone with each other um so yeah I'm kind of flying solo here, just watching Craig walk around because I just want to get this shit started. So he's still pacing around. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. Tough walking up to the, up to the computer. I I mean, his microphone's muted, but he's got a heated conversation going. Oh, here he comes. See if he says, see if he even knows it's recording or not. I hit the record button. Where's you? I don't know. I thought you were on the phone with him. Actually. I, I no idea who you were on the phone with. I just got sick of listening to it, so I hit mute. I can mute you from this side because I'm the host of the meeting. Yeah. I don't fucking tell the guy. I'm like literally just about to jump on a pod right now, and then all of a sudden he goes on this fucking speech, and I can't even stop him. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. I heard you doing most of the talking. I literally have else. been sitting here since 8.30. No joke. Well, that's your fault because I've been Gio sitting here since 8.30. Yeah, sorry, I had a meeting at nine that ran. That's fine. Late, no, so I jumped nine thirty is fine, but don't. I don't want Craig sitting here saying I've been sitting here for an hour. No, not an hour. This. It's actually I've been here for an hour and ten minutes, but <laughs> not that he's counting. Is everything all right, Craig? This is two days in a row. Go on, all right, I'm Craig. Going if to... you're if you're going to be late to the show today, Geo, if you're going to be late to the show today. Don't waste my time with any more small talk, okay? Holy fuck. Listen I, I, to I, fucking, I do not, listen not even to kidding. Halo Boy over there. It's I like can't you got not. this big fucking halo over your head. Look at me how fucking great I am. Shut the fuck up. He, he, You're he fucking is, late all the listen, time. So he is the I, producer. He's the producer and host of the and show. Editor. He's so. fucking everything. Okay, yeah. believe so me. He's he everything. Can, he can and I'm okay and with that. Did you he want to do it all? God, I love having full control of the editing because i like i look out for myself on this show of course you do (laughs) of course you do Craig. you should go listen how i piece together some of your comments anyway i'm watching gary bettman talk here on the nhl network yep uh you guys paying any attention to these gm meetings and what they're what they're talking about the the discussion on where the salary cap is going to go in the future, you know, right now they're, you know, Gary Bettman saying that, you know, um, the salary caps at 82.5 and they say that it could go up a million dollars, which is kind of surprising, right? Wasn't it, wasn't the original talk that it was supposed to bounce for 4 million or so? Yes. But like that mid year or whatever, if that happens, then there's going to be a higher escrow. Yeah. Right, so but they, they still they have to. The PA doesn't care about the escrow. It's a joke. The PA care doesn't about... care about the escrow, or the NHL doesn't care about the. About Neither. The well, the the NHL doesn't care because they're guaranteed their fifty percent. Exactly. The, the PA the PA wants to continue to push the cap up, so it opens up more money for the marketplace. So that's their goal, not the, yep. the guy that's on a seven eight year deal. He doesn't want twenty five percent escrow. He wants it back down. Exactly. The guy, the guy that wants to sign. Do you know how much they're paying right now? No, I don't know what the current rate 6%. is. Six percent. 
Yeah, that's not bad. But which is which is not bad at all. And they owe they owe a uh, hundred million dollars right now. From COVID from COVID. And they're hoping by the end of the year, by the end of this hockey season, that that will be paid off because I think Gary Bettman was very pleased with, you know, the revenues exceeding their expectations. Now they owe six per they, they owe a hundred still doesn't dollars. mean that they should get horny and go and jack up the, the, salary cap i mean and geo i remember what you're saying i remember being in those meetings and riv i'm sure you were there too and i didn't understand it they were like it doesn't matter push the floor higher and force these teams to spend money it doesn't matter though it's 50 percent, so it can yeah. exactly doesn't the- matter what the number is just they need to work to a place that they're <laughs> close to even on the escrow they're they're not going to do it but they need to we're why, up to what, why we're up is to that? 15, I always we're up to fifteen percent or whatever. When I was dumb, yeah, we we're always 15, around 17%. 10, 9, 10, 12 percent. Um, and I always wondered why, why, why are we still continuing to push the salary cap higher when I, when I'm losing ten percent of my salary? It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why wouldn't you want, why wouldn't the league want this? And why wouldn't the players association and the players want this to have it even where they're not, they're not paying an escrow. Yeah. I, the, that's the goal to me. The that's teams your number, don't that's care, but the the only thing that teams care about are the, it's the small market teams where the floor keeps going up and they have a minimum to spend. Like, Back in 0304, the last year before the lockout, what were the what was the Islanders' payroll? Was it like 16 or yeah, 18 million? Yeah. Buffalo's might have been like 22 million. I remember it was super yeah. low. And then all of a sudden you come in, and I can't remember the numbers exactly. When you were coming, I think feel like 37 and a half million feels like it sounds about right for a What's floor. That? Yeah, the cap floor in 0405 or yeah, I don't remember exactly, but that makes a rough. No, there. no, no, no. the The ceiling was thirty seven five or was that what the ceiling was? And and the low was eighteen. Like no. the base, like the lowest no you could, the lowest you could spend was eighteen. And this, this is this is you're talking when it came out of the lockout in, yeah. in two thousand five, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the high was the high was thirty eight, and I think the low was like eighteen. Yeah. And things of the holy shit. The salary 39 million per team with a maximum of yeah, 20% of the team's cap per player. So 39 million was the, the was the caps. Holy shit, man. So what's that? Not quite 20 years. You're talking 18 years, it's doubled. More than doubled. Yep. And I think it would be a lot higher. If, if, uh, COVID you know, the there. NHL didn't go through COVID and, you know, starting in 2019, you're looking at what, three, three and a half years later. I think, that, that, I think we're, we're the, the teams are spending 82 and a half million dollars. If, if we, if the NHL hadn't gone through COVID, those numbers would be 95. What's your bottom number? 60 something, 60. Yeah, sixty-two. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, I I think PD. I think the majority of teams want that to go up. At least the GMs, for that matter, they want flexibility. 
Yeah, but I'm sure owners don't. I just like, don't disagree. Well, but I don't know what the what's the revenue sharing on on those. Well, that's there's a revenue right. sharing. There's a revenue sharing piece here that I don't know enough about to speak to it, but there is. Yes, there yeah. is a revenue sharing. Absolutely, because so there's teams you're, you're like uh, the Rangers, Toronto Rangers. They're making an ungodly yeah. amount of money, and then there's other teams like Carolina, Nashville, Buffalo, um, Arizona, Buffalo that you know are losing money every year. Every single year, they lose money. Okay, so basically, uh, this is what an NHL executive said. This is back when there were 31 teams. Um, NHL revenue sharing works. Um, the teams that finish in the top 10 in revenues, in revenues, not standings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just making that clear. Um, share some of those revenues with the teams that finish from 11 through 31. It this doesn't always it goes, seem to it be gets the case. it gets it gets spread from eleven to thirty one. Well, I was always under the well, impression I thought it was, it was like the, the bottom, bottom 10. ten. Yeah, that's what I thought it was too. But I and then it that the thing follows up here and says this isn't always the case, but it appears to be the general rule. So I, I was under the impression top ten teams share their revenues with the bottom ten teams. But I also felt and we should probably dig into this. But I I also felt like. You had to, you had to qualify, and by that it's like attendance, winning percentage, or something like that. Like I feel like there was, because that's that's just revenues. That's not teams that finish in the in the bottom ten in the standings. So it's like, who would be the lowest revenue team in the league? Do you think Arizona? Thousand percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I mean, they they've been losing fifty million dollars. They've been losing fifty million dollars minimum since they've come into the league. How that how that organization is still in the league is beyond me. How the players have not stood up. How the NHLPA has not stood up and said this is not working. We are losing money in this city. We can move. We can move this this franchise to a different spot. And not be in the red. I, there's got to be something to it that there's got to be. Like it's it's been going on for way too long for for it to just be that, right? Like there's got. I I don't know what it is. No idea. But what what other explanation would you have if you're the PA? How do you continue to let this go on? Especially, you know I mean? Like what's the justification behind it? Like how are they? Talking to the players and justifying it has something not. to do with Gary Batman, man. Obviously, like, yeah. <laughs> it, like this team, this team has survived more that longer than than any marriage would have. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You'd be on your fourth marriage with this uh, <laughs> with, with this situation. <laughs> Like, you know, you, you guys remember this when they, when they came into the league, they ended up buying a plot of land out in the friggin' desert where nothing, there was nothing there. The land cost literally next to nothing. And then they built the arena and they were thinking that within time there would be a massive growth that would be built around this arena. Now there is growth, but 
not nearly to what they what they were expecting and wanting. The, the growth of that area fits the NFL model, not the NHL model. You know I mean, you go out there for the night or whatever, you tailgate, uh, you got the restaurants and bars right there. A couple. Well, they shops, built a small little Vegas. Yeah, right? but but what I'm saying is like that. You don't go out there three times a week. You know what I mean? Like you're not driving out there three times a week. You'll go once a week, like for a football. Well, game you're not going. But... You're not going out there on a Tuesday night. No. And tailgating and and doing that. No. It, it like you said, it's more. It it's set up to be an uh, an NFL type based. Like the arena is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. And and the development. It's nice. That's beside the arena is like all the restaurants and it, it's like a small little Vegas, like this area. It's actually, it's actually quite incredible, but everything around the arena has not been built up to way to the way it should be. And the money, the people that are going to spend the, the money to go to those games are not in the area where they have the arena. They're yeah. all in what Scottsdale and all. Yeah. You know, Tempe, the hockey fans, the bluebirds, yeah. are, uh, bluebirds, the uh, snowbirds, the snowbirds. He was going to call the blue hairs. The blue hairs um, are half all in snowbirds, half blue hairs. Because the blue <laughs> hairs are the snowbirds. Oh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it. It'll be interesting. Uh, like as as a player, what would you want to do if you were a player and you had to vote on this to say that? Listen, I you have. Uh, a three-year contract, uh, and, and PD, you have a five-year contract and, and the, your representative, your team representative comes to you and says, listen, we need to vote on this. We need to vote either to go up 1 million or to go up 4 million. But right now you're paying 6% escrow. If it only goes up a million, but if it goes up 4 million, you're going to have to pay 12% escrow. It depends what guy you are. That's the problem is you can never get a group. Pretty that sure is gonna Timo Meyer, pretty sure agree Timo Meyer is going to vote for a, for a four million dollar cap raise. Yeah, and the guys on the the Thompsons, the Thompsons, and those guys are going to want only a million dollar like rise because they want the least amount of escrow to be paid because they're already on their big deal. They're already on a long term contract. Mm-hmm. The guy that needs to sign your Pasternak. That, you know, like that, they're coming into contract years. Well, he already Those, signed his contract. But what I'm saying is the guy that's having a contract year, right? Like, yeah, the big UFAs. Yes. They want the cap to go yeah. as high as it can go. Yeah. Because they need to sign underneath it. They want the most teams to be involved. So they have. Well, because they don't look at it as dollars and cents. They look at it as they look at it as percentage of the cap. Yeah. Right. So that's like right. they're they're not looking at it going like, oh, if if, if the cap goes up you know, $4 million, I'm going to get two of that. They're just saying like, oh, if the cap goes from 81 to 85 and I'm getting yeah. 15% of the salary cap, well, that fifth, what's 15% of, of $4 million. It's another 600 grand. I mean, yeah, I know it doesn't sound like a lot to a guy that's already getting nine, 10, 11. I think 12, that, but I think still. when you talk about this too, PD, you're talking about the guy that makes all the money. You're talking about the big guy, the guy that's going to sign for the 10. Well, fuck, you say it all the time, stars over Kansas. So, But but here's the thing. That guy is not the only guy that wants the salary cap to go up 4 million. You're going to want like a Tyson Jost 
okay, who needs to sign a contract this year, who's making $2 million right now, he's going to want the cap to go up. No, because, not really. Not really. Yes, he does. No, because any, anyone, wants, anyone that needs to sign wants There the might not be up. the money left for him. Oh, well, the, the, what are we talking about? We're talking about league minimum? No, no, no. We're, what I'm talking about is he needs a spot. His anyone, money's already, anyone, he needs a contract. On yeah, he a needs deal? a contract, but he needs yeah. to earn the spot. Like his contract's not going to be a, a, a difference maker for say, a team. Let's say, well, if we're talking that, about like an Ilya Mikhaev who that absolutely a is. Couple years, that mid range guy, that $2 million, $3 million guy. Yeah, but that's, that's not just. That, but what I'm saying is that's the guy that is phased because he's going to get screwed. The, the Stars team, over the Kansas. That, he just said team, it. Yep. The team that is the cap. You know, at the cap, they can't spend money $2 million on a player. They have to spend the league minimum to, yes. to that type so, of player. So what I'm saying is... Well, I think Jost was just Tyson, a bad example. Yeah, whatever. I'm just... Jost the guy was that, a bad example. Why, why, why is that a bad example? Because he, because every team's going to... He'll get a spot because he's going to be willing to take seven hundred and fifty or eight hundred grand. Like, that's the know, only he's way coming, he's going to get a he's spot. Coming he's, not, off, he's coming off a $2 million salary. Give a shit? So was he? So was Ivan Rodriguez, whatever you called him. He went from fucking two million to eight hundred thousand. Like Tyson Jost, if he gets two million dollars to play on this fucking team next year, bye bye. So it's your, he's it's your playing, to, it's he's your playing to stay on a one way deal. He's not playing to make two and a half or three million. He's not getting fuck. He's not getting that much money. But a guy, a guy. I understand what you're saying, though. I definitely see what you're saying. That's why I used a guy like Ilya Mikhaev, who went from the Leafs to Vancouver, who made like four and a half million. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference right there. A guy like uh, Pierre Engvall, he's going to want that kind of guy. Sorry, yep. go ahead. Yeah, I, listen. I mean, I, I what I'm trying to get at is the Pasternak's and the Timo Myers do not have to worry because they are going to get their nine million dollars. Pasternak just sign for $11 million, okay? The guys that have to worry in this situation, whether the cap goes up or stays the same, if the cap stays the same, it's going to affect your third, fourth line guys, your fifth, sixth, and your seventh defenseman. And those guys are the ones that are going to be shaved. They're going to be getting the the pay cut because there's going to be a larger pool of players because People are not going to want to sign Tyson Jost to $2 million. So because the salary cap doesn't go up and it only goes up a million, the big guys are going to sign their money and then there's less money at the bottom level. So Tyson Jost, who might be able to sign for $1.8 million, might go back down to nine hundred or a million dollars and that affects him more he wants the salary cap to go up also it's not just the big name guys it's the bottom guys who want more money and we're talking more money we're talking a couple hundred thousand dollars here and there which is which is a lot of money for for these guys so anyway that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on because i think the i i they have to pay off a hundred million dollars. So the rest of the year, if things go well and they pay off that hundred million dollars, you will now have, you know, an escrow for the next three years is what they're saying at 6%. And at that 6%, 
then those players can make a decision whether they want the cap to go up, you know, $4 million. A lot of people thinking the Sabres, speaking of the Sabres, that they got screwed last night with officiating. I think it was a bad call. It was a soft call. There's no doubt about it. There might have been more than just one call that was... I Well, where, <laughs> where I picked the game up and where I saw and the game winner, or the game tire, I should say. You know what I mean? Like, that's a soft-ass call. Talks penalty at the end. That's a soft call. That power play tied the game. That's the power play that tied the game. The tuck penalty. Yes. At the blue line. It's uh, He's getting held up. He turns and tries to push off him. And the ref calls him for a roughing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Krebs was a Krebs trip behind the net. That's a trip. Um, trying to think of what other ones I saw in the time I was watching. We had a big game. Of, we had a big family game of risk going on at the same time the game was on. So I was half, half watching. You know the only the only thing I took out of it is I like, I mean penalties are gonna are gonna happen and there's no conspiracy on the the Sabers getting screwed because over a course of an 82 game schedule you are gonna get your calls going for and going against. What needs to happen is when you have let's say bad luck, you need to have a penalty kill step up. Well, the Sabers penalty kill is absolutely embarrassing. It's one of the worst penalty kills in the league. It's hurting in situations like this that the Sabres are 4-2 with 10 minutes left, 9 minutes left in the game, and they allow uh, a team to come back and and basically score two goals. It should have never have got to that. I don't know if you guys watch. I'm sure you watch the game. But the Sabres don't know how to defend leads. They don't, they're they they're up four to two and they're still running and gunning like they're trying to score. Well, we've said that all year. That's the growth that needs to happen with this team. Yeah, but holy shit balls, man. We're in we're in game 67 or 68, Gio. How is Don Granado not telling like you know these roadrunners on defense to start to play some goddamn defense and to oh. have the forwards? Basically, understand you're you're possessing pucks. You're not just taking a shot on net and throwing it away. It's there's ways of 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 locking down games. And this team, it's like holy wow. shit. I was watching before they even got the goal scored against them. I was like, man, they need to tighten this up. They need to tighten it up. I can make I can make two points out of what I'm going to say. Here's one that supports your theory. When you get goals. From Labushkin, Paterka, Yost, and Gergensons, and you can't win a fucking hockey game? Oh, yes. That is a fucking joke. That's that's not a good thing. I'm fine. I'm I, fine I don't, with the big guns being left off the board. I don't think it's not a good thing. I just think it shows where the team's at and why they're f- scrapping and clawing right now for every point. I these can flip the, that. These are the exact same reasons that like like that the team is where they're at right is because they've had they have a high scoring team they don't defend well we've said it before that they need defense and goaltending like uh Kunetz, third goal yeah that's make like, it four three are you yes breaking kidding me man yeah it's 
That's a bad goal against. That needs to be stopped. Terrible. It's terrible. So we've been saying it. So this is a prime example of of why they're in the situation they're in is because of how they play and that it is just try to track meet it, outscore the team. Well, as things tighten up and you play playoff teams and play hungry teams, it becomes harder and harder. And so that's it's not a surprise the way the game went. And Petey, I think what you're going to say is that you had secondary scoring finally, correct? Is that what you're yeah. going to say? Is well, you had and other you didn't just have secondary scoring in? where they chipped in with one. Yeah, yeah, top, yeah. Exactly. Your top guys had zeros across the board. Yeah. Your top line had zeros across the board. And you had four goals from uncharacteristic places in games like that. So I could say two things. One, your team is so terrible defensively that that you can get secondary scoring four times from from your from your uncharacteristic scorers and then let in five, but not only that, where are your stars in a game like this? Yeah, I mean that's the classic playoff mentality, right? Well, your listen, stars, I mean, your top Thompson guys have to and be Skinner and and Tuck were they were buzzing at times. They didn't they didn't score offensively, but they were buzzing. Um, you know the the um, cousins. Quinn and Paterka line had, they were buzzing at times. They did some good things. And we talked about this. We talked about you in order to make the playoffs, you need to have the secondary storing. You can't just rely on the number one line. So that happened last night. The Sabres get up to a two, nothing uh, deficit right away. Playing fantastic. They end up taking a penalty. Shit happens. No problem. Let's just kill it off. We'll get right back at it. Are you fucking kidding me right now? You're one of the worst penalty kills in the league, man. Like, figure it out. Well, who's teaching them the not, penalty kill? I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm looking at the last penalty kill, and it's just like, I'm like, where are these guys, where are these guys on the ice? I don't understand why Labushkin's in the corner trying to take a guy and you got Owen Power who's way up on a man. They're they're aborting the most dangerous area of the ice, which is the front of the net, which is exactly where the puck was. Ovechkin makes a one-touch pass to a guy in front. They tip it and they get a rebound. I'm like, why? Well, same thing as Jamie Bengal. Jamie Bengal, wide open in front of the net, pass from behind the net against Dallas. But even even beyond that, even beyond that, they end up scoring another one. Tyson Jones rips one bar down. It was an absolute beautiful shot. They go into the second period. They're up 3-1. Okay. It happens. But I'm thinking to myself, like the Kunetsov goal in the third period is an absolute game changer. This has to be. this. Ha- I, I went over it rewound it 10 times and it has to be saved. It is, there's no excuse, but beyond that, beyond that, my irritation is how they play the game when they're up four to two. I'm watching this team like, holy shit balls, man. Owen powers flying around like he's a Rover, not a defenseman, but he's not a forward. He's a rover. And he's he's up the ice. He's crisscrossing around the fucking. It's like, what the just 
fucking stay in your lane, man, and play defense. We're up to nothing. We don't need another goal. We don't need another goal. We need to defend. We need to be in the right position. I saw forwards receive pucks, skate down over the offensive blue line, and take a shot on net and miss the net. I, I don't mind. I don't mind. The, yeah, I don't mind putting it at the net as much as pulling no, up. No, you don't tra- fucking throw listen, it at the net, Geo. If you would, you let me score, finish my. Would you let me finish what I'm saying? Okay, go ahead. Rather than pulling up and trying to toe drag someone at the blue line. No, I'm talking about a guy who had space to drive into yeah, the corner. That's a, 100% that needs to happen. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking but, but about a defenseman what, staying in front of you. Okay. Who, who was this it? Is, I, I agree. This is what I was talking about. The power situation is exactly why I wouldn't pay him your $9 million yet. Is because he needs to learn how to defend. He doesn't defend. So this team, it's been the Achilles heel yeah. all year. Well, watch is, watching him play last night. Defending leads. Watching him play last night, his ability to make small area plays is just absolutely uncanny for a big man. I, I mean, don't. I is, don't disagree it, with it's you. Incredible, but the problem is, I don't know if they are telling this kid, you are going to change the way you play when we are up four to two, because it's not about Owen power fucking flying all over the ice, crisscrossing and this, that, and the other. And he's not the only one. He is not the only one. He is not the only one. So all I'm saying is like, it's understanding how to win games. When you're in a situation, you're up four two. play a structured style that is going to lock down that four, two game. Like you look at you look at the goal that Ovi scored. All three forwards are nowhere near Van Riemsdyk, who makes the shot from the point. Not one of those guys were in the right position. That that player, Van Riemsdyk, should not even have got the shot off, yeah. because we should be in a structured situation all the time with with ten minutes left in the game. It should be just simple to lock games down, and it's like. You're sitting there watching this game going, holy shit, man. I, I think I think you got to look at how they started the third period. They didn't touch the puck for the first two to three minutes of that period. Literally, it looked like a power play. They were sagged into a, a dice five dice formation in the D zone, and Washington was just controlling the puck. You could yeah. see that first goal coming because they didn't touch the puck that whole minute and a half. And it continued yeah. for another minute and a half where they were just, it maybe shows the maturity of a Washington against a, you know, a team that's trying to mature in, in Buffalo. They came out in the third period down in a huge game and they, they came out firing. They came out hot. They came out wanting to win. Yeah. And, and they put Buffalo back on their heels and it just, you could see it coming the whole period. They got down four two, and they didn't. They didn't panic one bit, Washington, to me. But I thought they were done, Washington. Really? Yeah, I, I thought, did. I thought they were done. Jeez. Yeah, like we talk about an old team. This is a really freaking old team. Like we're talking dinosaur team. So I didn't think that they had the jump or the pop, or or you know I knew I know they have the mindset that they can do it, but. There's a lot of guys in that are are 
30s, mid-30s, they just don't have the same engine to come back in these games. But when you play so poorly defensively, so poorly, and you give, how, for an example, as much as I'm absolutely shitting on Ukepekalukanen for letting the goal in, Kunetsov, how is it possible that Kunetsov is allowed to even get a shot off 10 feet from the net in the most dangerous area of the ice? How is it even possible? This is what I'm talking about. The way they defend is just terrible. But again, is that because there's just so much offense, like offensive players, like highly offensive players usually don't defend well. You might, you might sometimes get the odd guy, like a Stevie Iserman, you know, that is, is, is a highly offensive player. I'm, I just went way, way back, but way <laughs> no like, too far back. Joe knows who he is. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But to, but to be able to have certain guys that you can have on the ice to make sure that you're winning these games. I mean, right now there that that was a that was a point that was needed, and I easily think with just a different mindset they could they can lock these these games down. Right now, I, like I said, I just saw far too many guys playing. Well, that's personnel. I mean, that isn't that what it boils down to? I don't even know if to? it's personnel. I, I think it's more really? structure than anything. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I, you, really? I, I sometimes you just have to look and wonder if, and again, this isn't. This is not. I shouldn't be the one saying this, <laughs> but I'm going to say it. You have to just look and wonder if the players are smart enough, hockey IQ wise. To figure it out. I, I think that's that's the young players. They're so damn skilled. Well that that's but that's they, the they're point, so right? damn skilled. Offensively. Offensively. They but they don't play the game. And you, you we, we sound like old ass bitter bitter people right now. But it, the 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 game is not nearly as structured, not nearly as uh, it, it's played a completely different way and it's high skill and it's high take guys one-on-one it's turn the puck over it doesn't matter i'd say a vast majority of them were kind of just allowed to freewheel their entire lives much like a jack eichel yeah give him the puck and go because he's going to score us a goal because we need goals but i remember when i grew up it was hey we're up by a goal late in the game. Chip the fucking puck in the corner yeah, and you go don't, get it. Yeah. Like, that's what Craig's talking about when he talks about that guy driving the puck down, not even chipping it, but just take it down and hold on to it. Grind down the boards. It's, it's like, understanding how to win. Uh, you know, when you look at goals, goals for Edmonton, Boston are the only two teams in the league that have more goals for than Buffalo. Then it's followed up by Tampa Bay. New Jersey, Dallas, you have, you have highly offensive teams that are scoring a ton of goals. Then when you look at the goals against what really matters, Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, Minnesota, these are all teams that are the top teams in the league offense. 
does not win you championships. It's going to win you. It's going to win you a few games. Okay. But defense is going to win you games. And right now it's a really young team. And as much as I was super freaking irritated watching the players play the last third period, because I'm, I'm like, you guys are up. You guys are up three to one right now. Now it's, now it's to play the game properly. They were up four to two with nine minutes, 10 minutes left in the game. Now it's like you're telling your defensemen, move the puck and be in good positions and stay tight. You're telling your forwards how to play in the offensive zone. Pucks behind the net, grind in the corner. We will grind this game out and win four to two and maybe even five to two because they're going to pull their goaltender and we're going to score an open netter. But it, it, it seemed like none of that was happening. It, it's like at points I'm watching the Sabres and they're literally flying like they want to score three more goals. Like they're down four to two. And that's what I didn't like. Yeah, It's well, understanding the game, understanding what's happening, what needs to be done. Every player should be in perfect position all the time. I would have played Craig Anderson too, by the way. Just throwing that out there. I mean, how much can you? Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but how much can you play him coming down the stretch here? Well, what well, what does that mean? I mean, if, if his career's over, I would after play him this, every game. I would play him every fucking game. Every game. He's probably going to retire after this. I, I would I play him what every I'm, game. What I'm saying is that shit doesn't happen anymore for goalies, right? Like they're not playing back to backs anymore like they did. There's no Marty Berdur. Well, they're playing seventy plus games in who a has year. The most games played and for then, a goalie right now, and then. In the this season, yeah, I have no idea. For the Sabers, no, I think for, for the league, league I don't know because, because you talked there, about Marty Berdur. He's there, playing seventy. Nobody. Yeah, I'd say that fifty would be the tops. Like if if a goalie hits fifty this year, fifty-two. Jordan Bennington has fifty-two games playing. Ottinger has fifty-one. Sorokin has fifty-one. Hellebuck has fifty-one. Vasilevsky has fifty-one. So you would think that those guys will probably play be in another the 60s. nine, yeah. Nine They'll or, be in the yeah. mid, I mean, early sixties. But that that doesn't happen anymore. Bruder playing seventy five games and then going and playing twenty playoff games. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it just yeah. So what? That's my point to how much are you going to play him down? Marty Bird, Bird, how many, how many, had he, to make eighteen saves a game. So like, holy that. jumping, he could have played all eighty two. <laughs> how how? <laughs> No yeah, I don't. I don't want to get how, into that. How many games has right. Anderson played this year? Twenty-three. You're gonna have him play the last. You're gonna have him play the last Leafs. No, but he just beat the Leafs two nights ago. He had a day of rest yesterday. You're telling me he can't play last night? I, I, I but their schedule is so damn tough. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, who cares? All right, I'm I mean, just look, saying he's. I just I don't understand. Like, why are why? What's the experiment? You know, you have I don't like know. Anderson Anderson could have played. Anderson could have played. Hold on a second. Okay, yeah. I mean, you could have played Anderson and then you could have come back with Uka. Luka no, you played Anderson in Toronto. You played Luka in, in, in New York. You played Anderson in Toronto. Why would you not play Anderson in Washington? Play till you lose right now. Because yeah. then you have a day in between and you can play Anderson again in Philly if you win that game. 
Yeah, I would be playing Anderson three out of the three out of four games. Yeah. The rest of the year, he's got to play. Fuck he me, he man. when he's in there, man. I'm going to tell you that the the he's making the saves. There's there's a energy to having a true number one goaltender in your in your net. You guys know that. Even if he's not the true number one in terms of capabilities at his age right now, he still has the history of it. But he is he is but the he, true I, one. I know he is. I, I understand. Like Luka is still trying to find his game. He's he's young. He's twenty three years old. Okay. I think that most goal makes the whole fucking team go. Oh my god! Here we go. We got. How you the know, fuck does that go in? And then they get one and they make it four two. But then it's four three four four. It's like no way. No no. These games are too important to be tinkering around and experimenting. Let me ask you this: Do you think Kevin Adams? will be making a move for a goaltender next year. Uh yeah. Ooh. I didn't see that coming. Really? Well, I, I I'm under the impression I've, that, that it's gonna I've, be Lucan and Comrie next year. Absolutely freaking not. I, I've said it all along. That's a huge piece for the next three years. You got to get someone minimum the next three to four years. So that's why I say he would look to make a move. Sabres are an interesting spot with goalie because if they go and do that, what's that going to do to Devin Levi? Nothing. That's waiting, Levi. Wait, that's waiting for Levi to be the guy. But you don't that's think that'll piss him off and let him go back to college Dude, for another? No. Like, no? come on. Like, no. I if he if, how many years does Devin Levi realistically need in the will, in the he will American sign this hockey summer? And then he will he needs at Two least years. a year and a half in the in the minors and then he comes up that second year plays some games and then if he's ready then he's ready but i don't know that's why i say three to four years you need someone to carry that load do you have a guy in mind no i do not but i do i do who's your who's your guy Heating? on three on three first. ready no one so no 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 not hold on let's last let's name first name Hold on, but are we last name, first name? What are we doing? Roll no, no, no. Or? Are we doing last name and first, like last, or, or just the last name? Last on, name. On yeah. three, or so it's going to be it, one, two, and then we'll say the name. Oh, it's not one, two, three, go. Okay, let's do the one, two, three, and then the name. Okay. okay. Gio, you want to do the countdown? One, two, three, go. Demko. That, Demko. Thatcher Demko. Yeah, That's what I Thatcher. That's our guy, man. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. That's all you got, Gio? Like you, That's all. Wait, gonna... wait, wait, wait. No, we, Gio knows something. The, He's a BC this, guy, is he we not? We talked this shit out of that. Like, yeah, that you need to identify a goalie. And if that's the guy that they've identified, then... Go get him this summer. Only time will tell whether they're twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven years him. old, Gio. Twenty-seven years old. Starting next year, he has three years at five million dollars, which, as far as I'm concerned, is chump change for a number one goaltender in this league. He's been been in Vancouver for uh, six, well, four years. His numbers are not great. But he also has not been on a real strong team in, in Vancouver. Like he is a true number one. Do you not do you not agree? 
And Alex yeah. Tuck played two years with him at BC. So I'm sure there's still communication there too. Like, hey, we need a goalie. <laughs> you should come to <laughs> Buffalo. They would fucking love you here. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I, I I do believe that, you know, Craig Anderson's been awesome. And I think Craig Anderson, I would have to think that at age 42, that he's probably going to pack it in. Um, and, you know, this team moving forward into the next season, I think is it's, there's a lot of really positive shit, man. I mean, awesome. There needs to be some changes to the lineup. Okay. There needs to be changes. Okay. Not a lot, but I'm going to tell you right now, they need a goalie. They need a goalie that is a true number one. And I don't want to hear one goddamn word about freaking Devin Levi from anybody because he is not ready. Hey, Gio. Goaltenders, goaltenders typically take a lot longer than players do. Hey, Gio, are the yeah. Sabres getting in or what? To the playoffs? Is that what you're saying? Well, is that, the, is that is that what you're asking? Some of them can't get into the bar, so I'm not talking not about wrong. that. Um, I, I, as much as I would love to see them in, I don't think they do. The only thing they have, like the Islanders, I think, are in the biggest trouble having three games at hand on a couple teams, but... It's just too many teams and too many teams playing each other, too many teams getting points all the time. It's going to be a lot to make up those points. It was tough to hope that the Islanders would lose last night, but they end up spanking uh, the Ducks six to three. Yeah, it's just, I would love for them. And each day, you know, it swings one way or the other, right? You beat Toronto. You're like, we got a chance. We're in, we're close. We're tight. We're there. You lose a point yesterday and teams gain points. And it's just with so many teams involved, it's going to be very hard to get in. I just don't know if it happens. I got another question for you guys. This is going off on a little, uh, on a different note. What are the who's gonna who's gonna get the first pick overall this year? Like who's gonna be last in the league? Well, that doesn't necessarily dictate yeah, that, who gets yeah. it. I think who's last? Who's last is Columbus. Who's gonna be last? No. Well, San Jose Sharks and Mike Greer of uh, they are fighting in a big way. <laughs> They're giving their best effort. They are giving their best effort. They have 14 games. And they have two games. They have two games in hand on, uh, and I mean that in the other way. They've played two more games than Columbus, so they're in a better spot. Yes, they are. Columbus has more wins. How How about Anaheim being outscored? By 100 goals. Are you kidding me right now? Minus 102. Oh, my God. But the funny <laughs> thing is, you, you look that at... That is a lot of goals. A lot listen, of goals. 277 oh goals against, right? Oh. The Sabres are 244. Yeah, but the Sabres just score goals. They score more yeah, goals, clearly. True, true. But, but 102, if, that's a tough stat line right there. Sorry. They'll make a run for it at the end, too, here, Anaheim. 
The Sabres goal differential has dwindled, man. I remember it was like 18, 20 earlier, and people were like, look at the goal differential. Now it's plus two. It, it's so funny how that all plays out over by the end of the year that yeah. all your playoff teams, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's amazing to me, the goal differential. Well, have you seen Boston's? In, They're plus 100. Yeah, I know, but... I mean, well, that's, that's, to be, of, that's to be expected with 50 wins right now. You know what I mean? That's winning by two goals a night. Like, that's not what's, that. What's the most difficult. wins you had in a season? Our team? My teams? Yeah. yeah. Shit. I don't know. I think I played on a 50-win team. For sure. Right? For sure. I don't know. I, did, I don't think we won 50 games my three years in Buffalo. Let's check that stat. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won the president's trophy in 0607. So I think we had like 52 wins, maybe. 60 hmm. wins? 50 49. Wins. Oh, so I, I played in San Jose. The one year we had 49 wins. We were the second, we were second team in the league with 108 points. And I'm pretty sure that I played on a team there that had 51 wins. Yeah, we had 53 wins in 0607. Yeah, 51 points. wins. That was crazy. Plus 59 goal differential. And we won a lot, man. Like so, so we for had, Boston yeah. to be at 50 wins already in 66 games. It's insane. They must, they must feel like just like a fucking freight train. But again, we talked about this the other day. Like, how do you how did you, if you're Jim Montgomery and and, and you know the type of team that you have, I don't think they're really too worried about, you know, records or, you know, the most wins or whatever. It's all about, it, it is literally win the cup or bust for Boston. Do you not agree? Yeah. I think how, you're having, yeah. For sure. How do you, how do you go, you know, in the next, what do they have? Fifteen games left, or whatever. What do you do with that team? Do you do you sit Patrice Bergeron for a few games? Um, I know that Brad Marchand's been banged up a little bit this year. Do you? And he's older, like you know, like he's thirty four years old. Do you start to sit some of these older guys just to make sure that they're ready for the playoffs? I don't think so. I don't think you sit. You know how you're wired. You want to play every game. You're used to playing every game. I don't. I think maybe maybe you play with their minutes within the game, but I don't think you you sit them out. If anything, it may be one game at the end of the year, but you do not sit these guys out. Like because all you're looking to do is take them out of their rhythm, right? Like you're you're going, you're feeling it, you're uh, you're in it, like you're just. You take them out of that rhythm. How long does it take for you to get back into rhythm, though? Like Who knows five if games? you'll ever get back into it. Like if you, that's the problem is if you get out of it, getting back into it, you don't know if that you're going to get to that level. That I don't know. I don't. I don't think you rest guys. I don't think you you play with that. I think you you can start to limit their minutes when you get up. I think you can do different things to to make sure they're ready as far as letting these guys take practices off, letting these guys take morning skates off. I think that's how you preserve the guys coming into playoffs. And then just manage, not the manage games. ice You're time. You're managing then? their workload and, and, okay. and ice time. 
I don't okay. I don't think you take him out of the game. All right. Minus one game, the very last regular season game, you got nothing to play for. That might be a day off for some of those guys. Yeah. I'm looking at their 12th scorer on their team. Their 12th scorer is Trent Fredericks. He's cut 14 goals. He's the 12th guy with 25 points plus 23. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, they're having a year. They are having a year. How many wins do they end up with is the question. Do they get to 60? How many games have they played? They probably played uh, 67, 68. So they got 15-ish left. They've played 66 games. They have 16 games left. I would think absolute minimum, and I mean minimum, they will have 10 wins out of the 16. What's the most? 62, right? By the Red Wings in 01, 02 or something think, like that? I think so, yeah. I think 62 wins is the most. Wow. It's, I, I mean, this this team is so impressive. It's almost It's almost crazy to think that all these guys are on one team. This and it goes, and it goes back to their their ability to sign contracts and have guys take less money than what they're worth. This Sorry, this. it was the Red Wings in 95, 96. Yeah, yeah. They were 62, 13, and seven ties. This is the same team that people were saying that mid-summer that they weren't going to make playoffs. And I was one of them. I was one of them. I, yeah. I, I, at some point and, in time, you have and to it fall wasn't, off. It was in question. Well, I mean... There was questions whether Bergeron was coming back. Krejci might not yeah. have been coming back. Uh, DeBrusque was asking for trade. You just got rid of your coaching, your coaches. You know what I mean? Like, so um, a lot was going on within the organization. And there was good reason to question how good they were going to be. But you guys know how many wins the Florida Panthers had in 21 22 last year? Greg, you probably know this because your cousin was on the team. I am going to say 56. 58 wins. Damn, I was going to say 58. That's a lot. That's a lot of wins, man. Tampa Bay had 62 in 18-19. And then the I'm next tell you, there's, there's got to be the biggest culture shock for, for uh, you know, Mackenzie Weger and, and – uh, and Jonathan Huberto. I, I hate to say it, but these are two guys that were were both drafted by Florida, ended up making the team. There's a big, big, big culture change from going from Florida your entire career, just like Petey said, to Calgary. Yeah, I mean, it's I, just like I, it's, it's culture jumping. change and it's where the team is at too, right? Like it's not just weather. I mean, it's this same culture shock I went into from Montreal, we're conference final team coming to Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like bottom yeah. of the league. Like it had nothing to do with weather. It had to do with where the organization is at the time. So Calgary is in a mini transition right now. But well, they weren't in a transition last year. They lose know, Goudreau, but, but they, they you, lose, you, you uh, lose Kachuk. Yeah. And you just, you bring in Kadri, you bring in, uh, Huberto, you bring in Mackenzie Weger. I mean, you're bringing in some pretty friggin' good talent. 
but now they have to mesh. Now, now they, they gotta have to find mesh. their way. That's right. They're they not out though, and they're a team that if they can weasel, and I mean weasel their way in, they might be built very well for the playoffs. They have a goalie if he plays well. They have physicality. Very good goalie. They have us. They have snipers if they can get their heads out of their asses. Like that's a team where if they limp in, they can make a run. Super dangerous, man. Absolutely. It wouldn't be a team that if I was Dallas, who currently is sitting first in the central, but that could change because holy jumping Minnesota's right there too. And then you have in the Pacific, you have uh, LA and 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 uh, Vegas. Vegas sitting at, at the number one. Vegas and Dallas. Should be very, well, very, look, very. Look at it this way: Calgary plays tonight in Vegas. Okay, you also have Boston in Winnipeg. So if Boston can beat Winnipeg and Calgary can beat Vegas, now you're looking at a three-point difference. You know, and the only team you yes. really have to worry about is Nashville. Yeah. You and know, listen, but, I mean, Smashville just uh, just completely, as far as I'm concerned, snuck up on all of us. Like, I I wasn't really watching the Western Conference as much as I'm watching the East. Obviously, I, I'm I'm checking the East standings every single day because I mean, there's major flip flops. I it, it's crazy, but I haven't watched the West. And last time I checked, which is probably about a month ago, which is far on me. Like, I mean, they were way down there. Like, they were sitting way, beside Arizona. Way to keep up with the whole league, eh, Gio? Yeah. <laughs> I, on the I, I, agree, I agree with Ribs, though. I, anytime I'm checking standings in the morning, I always gravitate to, to check in the east. And I yeah. sometimes yeah. don't even scroll down to see what the hell is going on <laughs> in the west. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm on, listen, I'm on Ribs' side I'm here. not even – listen, <laughs> you know what I'm doing, Gio? I'm not even checking out the wild cards race in the West because I don't give a shit. I'm checking out to see who's going to be the bottom feeder. I'm checking to see, is it <laughs> San Jose, Chicago, or Anaheim that's going to make a run for Connor Bedard? Do you understand <laughs> how massive, and I mean massive, this kid is? in his And his time and the goal scoring and the point producing and everything that he's done for the world junior uh, in Canada and this, that, and the other, this guy is shredding records beyond McDavid. All right. Um, Am I saying he's going to be McDavid? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this guy is the real deal that will change your, the course of your franchise. So should we end this show with a draft sim? Yes. <laughs> I want Mike Greer to get Connor Bedard so bad it would be it would be incredible. So Arizona 6.5, Montreal 7.5, Philly. You can't 8. have him go to Arizona. What a nightmare that would be. You can't have him go to Arizona. You can't. If 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 that ball comes out, they're putting it right back in. I, there are two teams I want him to go to. I want him to go to Philly or I want him to go to San Jose. I want Briere to end up with him, or I want Greer to end up with him. Nope. Sorry, Danny B. I am not going there because the the Philadelphia Flyers uh, uh, a few years ago went from fourteen to two. Now they end up screwing up that pick because they picked that no. Um, well, let's hold on a I second. Mean, we we attacked. You want him playing for He had a bad concussion as an eighteen year old. They didn't necessarily screw it up as much as they did. They uh, they developed him incorrectly. Yeah. He should have gone he, back. Didn't to he junior. have a shoulder issue too? Right shoulder, after shoulder concussion. Yeah, 
been banged Injuries, up. They no. should have sent him back to junior. And I think he came out of junior and went number two after a major injury in yes. junior. Yes. In his okay. So bad choice. Billy fucked that up for Nolan Patrick, not Nolan Patrick. Yeah. But anyway, I, I like, listen, I mean, the team went from 14 to two. I'm not, I don't want a 14. They passed on I want, and they passed on Makar. You know what I like about the, know what I like about Arizona? Know what I like about Anaheim, Chicago, San Jose, and Columbus? These teams, and I'm going to tell you this, I agree with Gary Bettman. I agree with Gary Bettman. He's saying these teams are not tanking. I'm going to tell you, they're not tanking, man. These teams are not tanking. You have. I'm watching Chicago play the other night. And they're they beating, go and shred the Bruin, the Boston Bruins six yeah. to three. This they team beat the Leafs. Is flying, man. Yeah, they beat. They beat. They're beating good teams. Okay, here's it's the draft. Awesome. Gio's okay, got to go, go, man. Gio's got to okay, wax. Come on, San Jose. Come on, San Jose. Where are you getting waxed today, Gio? The treasure trail. <laughs> I got my manscape, Brad. Come oh, on. that's right. That's right. A little free advertising there for manscape. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Oh no. Oh yes. <laughs> Arizona. Show me. Show it or I'm not. Arizona did not move. Philly dropped one to six. Anaheim dropped one to five. San Jose dropped two to four. Columbus dropped from one to three. Chicago went up from three to two. Who's that lay? Who's that leave? Vancouver. Nope. Montreal. Number no one pick, Montreal. Wow. Would that be a spot? I'll tell you right now. There's no celebration a for a month in this family. <laughs> like my son Nate is, is literally a, uh, the biggest diehard Montreal 100%. fan right now. I do not want him to go to Montreal. Although that would be an incredible yeah. spot for the league. Yep. Could you imagine Carmen the shit out of that kid oh. there? For the league. Wow. That's the last fucking place I want him. 